God, we pray for our pastor right now. Lord, we believe in your word that you are the healer, and we ask that you would be the healer over our pastor right now in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, that he would feel the power of God and the spirit just coursing through his body, that he would break whatever fever he has, whatever, uh, whatever other symptoms he might have. We rebuke them and cast them off in the name of Jesus, and we ask for your divine healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, you excited for the word this morning? Awesome. Well, if no one told you, you're in the right place. Yeah, uh, and so if you don't like the delivery this morning, I'm sorry, but if you don't like the message, it's pastor's message. You can, uh, you can take him up on that. But when I found out that I would be preaching yesterday, <laughs> uh, I immediately called, uh, wanted to look at pastor's notes. So I, I looked at his notes and I immediately called him, and I'll tell you why, because we're, we're in a series on being prepared for the last days. And as I looked at his notes, it said, being prepared financially for the last days. And if, if, if you didn't know as a pastor, like preaching on finances is like the worst thing you have to do. And so I looked at it and was like, really? It's like, is he faking? Like, like <laughs> he gives me this message, being prepared financially in the last days. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful nothing catches God by surprise. And uh, a friend of mine messaged me this morning just out of the blue. Like he, he messages me scriptures sometimes and he was like, my grace is sufficient. And I was like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In finances, your grace is sufficient. Uh, but this is a topic that we're all familiar with. Most of us have been thinking about finances to some degree since we were kids, right? Like maybe there's something you want and so you think, oh, how do I get that? I've got to save up for it, whatever it is. We've been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, and the topic is, is close to us because it's one of those that we have at home. You ever have a discussion on finances at home? Maybe with your spouse? <laughs> I hope you do. Hope it's good. Uh, and Jasper and I are, are no different. Uh, and this is my lovely, beautiful wife in the front row. Thank you for your support this morning. Uh, it's nice to have a supportive wife because I, I had to come in last minute yesterday and, and spent most of the day uh, studying and she was okay with that. And so I am grateful for her. But uh, we talk about finances in our house that, you know, we're looking at the future. We're, we're looking at how do we prepare for the future. And even in just the, the last days, you, know, you never know when Jesus is coming back. You want to be prepared. But looking at where we are right now, looking at where we would like to be and how do we get there financially. And personally, uh, probably like most, I'm not exactly where I want to be. Is anyone else where they want to be or not where they want to be? <laughs> but I'm, I'm having to trust God like most people and in the meantime, I'm, I'm working out, I'm trying to make wise decisions and be ready for anything. Ready for anything. And to set this up, that's the place where we need to be. We need to be ready for anything because we, we don't know exactly when Jesus is coming back. If you come to me and you're, you're telling me, I know exactly when, I'm going to tell you you're a liar. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have no idea when Jesus is coming back. No one really knows the exact moment. That's what the Bible says. Uh, so it could be 100 years from now. It could be next week. We don't know. And it's important to note that Paul felt the same way. 
Paul felt the same way that he was actually living in the last days. And so I take that and I apply it today. And so I, I know that the last days are right now and they will be until Jesus comes back. That's how we look at it. It's, it's, uh, have you ever heard of uh, pan theology? It'll all pan out. Like, we're going to see what happens. Uh, but we need to live like that. We need to not live worried or fearful, but we need to live purposeful and ready. Okay, just let that soak in. Like, so, sometimes we can worry about our finances. Am I the only one? No, thank you. There's a laugh over there. I know, I got you. <laughs> But we need to be purposeful and we need to be ready. And as far as finances go, I want to be ready if times get hard. But I want to be ready if times don't get hard. What do I mean by that? I want to be able to give where God wants me to give. I want to be able to travel where God wants me to travel, wherever he leads me to. And I want to be the man of God that he wants me to be. And all of that Finances apply in all of those areas. Last week, we began our series on being prepared. Be prepared. And it's our pastor's desire to see everyone prepared for crazy times, for whatever happens. We want to be ready because prices are going up and my hope in our economic system is going down. (laughs) But there are many people struggling today like I've struggled at times but I've always had enough God has always come through he's always come through but people struggle I know my mom really recently spoke with a lady that was getting ready to retire and lost like $150,000 out of her retirement fund there are no certainties in the world But, never with God. God is always certain. And so we turn to his word and we trust that everything's going to be all right. And that's just not a cliche saying, like, that is a fact. That is a fact. That's a guarantee. God's word has not changed. That's right. Feel free to amen. You can do that. His promises have not changed. Come on, on. his promises have not changed. And his power has not changed. And him knowing the future has not changed. You can can grab your your hanky and wave it if you want. You can do that. But, you know, it it reminds me of uh, two mistakes I've made. I've made many more than that. But uh, these are two that Jasper reminds me of sometimes. That... uh, You know, when I was younger and trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, there were two occasions that I did not listen to the Holy Spirit. And uh, those were two investment opportunities. And I was thinking myself wise of, I'm just going to save up and keep eating my peanut butter and jelly and pay off this stuff. But the the Holy Spirit was telling me, invest in these two startup companies. And I did not. Now I look at them knowing that I would be a millionaire probably. Uh, Like, I'd really like to listen to the Holy Spirit, at least from now on. (laughs) Because God might, might make you a millionaire, sure, and he might not. Uh, that doesn't matter. But the Holy Spirit can lead you how he wants to lead. Are you listening? He wants to lead you in your finances. There have been times when I have had little. 
And there have been times when I've had more than enough. And there have been times that I've chosen to have little so I could pay off loans and debts and things. And thankfully, I'm getting close, minus my house mortgage. Uh, That's just a testimony. We have just one student loan left that we're working on. Praise God. We are getting close, Jasper and I. But I've always been convicted by that scripture that says to not be in debt. So that's the, the first just wise thing we can do as Christians. Be obedient to the word. Try not to be in debt. If you want to be ready for the future, get out of debt. <laughs> but watch this. Finances can tie us down to places where God wants us to be free. Or they can release us to places where God wants us to be. I'm going to say that again. Because it sounded rhymy and it's, it's a good thing to remember. Finances can tie us down to places where God wants us to be free. Or they can release us to places where God wants us to be. You can only serve one master. In four different verses in the book of Deuteronomy. You can feel free to turn there. Deuteronomy 28, 8 through 13. That's going to be our main portion of of scripture this morning. But in four different verses in the book of Deuteronomy, God tells those who will obey him that he will bless everything that they put their hands to. He'll bless everything that they put their hands to. Deuteronomy 28, 8 through 13. I apologize. I didn't have time to get with the computer people. It's not their fault. It's mine if the scripture's not up there. But Deuteronomy 28, 8 through 13. And we're going to read that. I'll be reading out of the NASB this morning. It says, the Lord will command the blessing upon you. And I love that. That part's highlighted in my Bible. He will command the blessing upon you. In your barns and in all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the offspring of your body, and in the offspring of your beasts, and in the produce of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. I receive that in the name of Jesus. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens. I will also receive that. To give rain on your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you you only will be above and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully... Do not turn aside from any of the words. It goes on a little bit, but that's just, that's good right there. Yeah. Even just side side note, like when you read the word, apply the word. Say just, Lord, I receive that. I receive that's what your word says, so I take you at your word. In the world's economic system, though, there is no such thing as guaranteed results. In fact, advertisements for investment opportunities are required by law to point out to you that past performance is not an indicator of future results. But with God, who was there in the past, here in the present, already in the future, 
we have been promised blessing and faithfulness. We've been promised it. And God is faithful. That's a good amen spot. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. God's people are obedient and faithful. God blesses them. So that's the precursor. We have to be obedient and faithful. We see this in his word. It's not saying that God will make you a billionaire or something, but it is saying that he will be there for you no matter what, and he will always take care of you. And in the season, he will open up his storehouse and pour on you a blessing. And it's not something you just bet on. I bet God's going to do this, or I hope God's going to do this. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. You can think of that guy on the commercials, and I guarantee you, it's a fact. God will come through. And one of the ways that we see his blessing in our lives, possibly one of the the first ways we can enter into his blessing is actually by giving. Giving is important because it does a supernatural work inside of our hearts. And God is not after our money. He doesn't need it whatsoever. But he is after our heart because he just wants it. He wants you. He wants you to belong to him. So if you don't feel like you belong anywhere, you do. You belong in the kingdom of God. You belong to God. And you belong in this family. We, we accept you in all your weird quirks. We like you and we love you and you belong here. But God wants our hearts. In Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure is tied to our hearts. If you follow uh, where your treasure is, you're, you're going to see where your heart is. And that's why I can promise you blessing. When you give with a heart that is transformed and just right in God's sight, the results are guaranteed because it's in the word. It's in the word of God. And it's not a prosperity gospel, name it and claim it type thing. This is just the word of God. This is what the word says. He says, I will bless you when you are obedient in this. I will bless you when you are obedient in, in this. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Or in other words, God is searching for hearts that are loyal to him. And part of that is being generous because it's in his word. He's looking for people he knows that he can trust in blessing. God has all the resources of the universe, so he doesn't doesn't need anything that you got. (laughs) But again, he wants you. He wants your heart, and he he wants your heart not to be focused on other things. He sees the the poor that need to be fed. He sees the missionaries that need to be equipped and sent. He sees the the churches that need to be built or, or redone. And he chooses to work through you. He chooses to work through you. And his eyes are, are roaming to and forth around the earth looking for you. He's looking for a faithful-hearted person that he can trust to, to channel funds to the kingdom. 
He could channel blessings through you, into you, and to other areas. To feed the hungry. To help heal the sick. To send missionaries around the world. When you, when you invest in a missionary, you reap that blessing as well. When you invest in someone that is hungry, you reap that blessing as well. And God wants you to have more than enough so that you can minister to others. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. God wants you to have more than enough so that you can minister to others. It's quiet in here. Is it because we're talking about finances? (laughs) But it's so that you can do the work of ministry and not just give so other people can. Like, we can do that. We can, you know, we can tithe and we can give offering and things. But we can also give directly to people. We can, we can follow the Holy Spirit where he's leading. Do you want to be used by the Holy Spirit? Yes. Amen. Well, there are more than 2,000 verses on the subject of finances and possessions and things in the Scripture. Jesus talked about money 16 out of the 38 parables that he preached. And yet we get caught up when it's preached on. We do. So this is just Bible. This is scripture. That's what I'm sharing with you today. If you are mad at me, then you are mad at the word of God. (laughs) But I love even at our, our church here, we're very transparent. If you're a member, you can see our financial statements where our finances are going. I I love that. Uh, But with that, I want to thank you. Thank all of you for trusting the leadership here to be led by the Holy Spirit. So thank you for that. And with that, please don't be afraid to give. I've I've heard that numerous times. Like, I don't want to give to the church or I don't want to give to this person because I don't know where it's going. But once you give, like... Your job's done with that part. Like, you give to the Lord. If you truly give to the Lord, then you're not worried about where it's going. And if you want to see where it's going, then here's a side note. Step into leadership and serve. Be a part of where it's going. That's a challenge. Here's another, another little bit. You can't complain unless you're a part. Yeah, I can say some stuff because pastor's not here. (laughs) Hopefully he's asleep and not watching this. (laughs) But don't be afraid to give to people or give to a church. Money is actually a test from God. Is God first? Is God first in your finances? I just take a moment and think about that. Is God actually first in your finances? Do you trust that he will bless you? when you're obedient to give. Because once again, God is after our hearts and the evidence of that is where our treasure is. We simply give rather than give to receive. If we give to receive, then we're not truly giving. We're giving begrudgingly. But we want to bless people. We want to help people. We want to enlarge the kingdom of God. Do you want to advance the kingdom this morning? Be faithful in your giving. And as we give out of a heart that loves to be obedient, then we automatically just reap blessing from that. But we don't give to be blessed. 
It's a, a great paradox. When we finally just give without worried about receiving, we, we actually receive. I love how Malachi puts it when God is speaking through him. He says, test me in this. And that's, that's a challenge both ways. It says, you know, it's a challenge for us to step out in faith, step out in obedience. But God is like, look, test me in this. I'm challenging you to challenge me. If you will be obedient in your tithes and offering, then I will come through. And good stewards are entrusted with more. I want you to think about that. If you have someone you really trust, maybe like, hey, you, you give them $500 and they're like, hey, look, I invested that. Here's $1,000 back. I'm going to give them more, right? <laughs> right? Is anyone else with me? Like, that's just, that makes sense. Faithful servants receive true riches. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. We're not going to read the whole passage, but it's a parable about three servants who are given talents or, or money. And they're given them to work with and invest with because the master is expecting a return. I'm going to pause there. The master is expecting a return. Everything that the servant had was given to him by the master. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, that's how we need to live. Everything I have has been given to me by the master. What are we doing with it? What am I doing with it? What am I sowing into? And is he getting a return? When our motive for giving is right, God will reward us for giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver, not smiling through your teeth, <laughs> but someone who actually just loves to give. I'm grateful. Uh, in, in my family, uh, my wife is the giver. Like, I think she would give everything, absolutely everything that we had away. Uh, and so, like, I, I get to be the, the logical person, <laughs> which is difficult. But I'm grateful that she wants to give. She's always wanting to give. And I need that. Because does anyone else, like, sometimes struggle with giving, like, more than, more than just tithe and offering? Like, like three honest people in this room. <laughs> like, but, you know, that is a gift. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've never struggled with tithing because I was taught that. Like, out of the gate. Like, that first 10% is not mine. Like, so I just, just do that without regard whatsoever. Uh, and then offering is on top of that. I'm thankful I have a wife that wants to give more and more and more. And she stretches me all the time. And I get to, I get blessed because she is generous. <laughs> How many people need that in their life? <laughs> Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And just to parse that out, when Jesus states that commandment in the Greek, to give and it will be given to you, it means to give and to keep on giving. It's not a one-time shot, but it's to keep on giving. And then that next part, pressed down, is, is a picture of olives and grapes that are pressed and every drop is just out of them. Like there's nothing else. They're just dried up because they are 
just press and everything possible is out of them. And then shaken together is like grain being shaken in a basket. You shake it and it goes down because it all compacts together and so more can be pulled in. And, and then uh, to be poured into your bosom, it's like taking a, a garment, like a robe and, and pulling it up here so they can just pour it in. And I'm thankful because I'm tall. I have a big robe. So Lord, pour it in. Like pour more and more. All that I can hold. Don't use my, just my wife. Use me because I'm taller. I'm bigger. I can hold more. Like that's the scripture. Are you taking it for what it is? For the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And that's a hard standard. Because you said it. You choose how much blessing that you will receive in this way. You choose it. It's not always the Lord. The Lord blesses you. He's, he's giving you salvation. Like, we have something to be thankful for. The blessings on top of that, you get to choose it by giving. Using what he's given you. And this is a spiritual principle that when... When I touch the heart of God, he touches my heart. When I draw near to God, he draws near to me. When I give, he gives back to me. How much do I want God? Because it's going to be shown in my giving. How much do I love people? It's shown in my giving. And when I give with the right heart, God gives back to me, and then I have more to give. And that's the point. Like, so I can give more. So the more he gives me, the more I want to give. And the more I can bless other people. And God wants to reward us in the same way that we want to reward our children. When they do the right thing with the right attitude. You ever, anybody ever seen one of those kids or have one of those kids that they'll take out the, the trash, but they're going to not be happy about it. <laughs> and that's sometimes how we approach giving. Like, I'm going to give this. And I stomp up, put up... <laughs> No, no one here, of course. But, you know, down the street, I think maybe. But an attitude of kindness and a, of love and of compassion and generosity and, and just cheerfulness. Like, I, I was thinking when, when Pastor Todd was up here, and he's great, isn't he? He makes it fresh every week. But, you know, what if, what if we were really excited about giving? So when Pastor Todd, you know, rolls up, it's, it's not a thing that he's having to stress out about, and like, how am I going to pull these people to do all this? But, you know, people are clapping like, we get to give this morning. We get to give. And, and some people are like, I couldn't even wait. I had to give already this, during this week. I couldn't wait till Sunday. That's every pastor's dream. <laughs> but there's also a trap. In 1 Timothy 6, 9, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And that word perdition in the Greek means eternal destruction. And so we're, we're, we're not just playing with money. Like If we're not careful, it'll lead us to eternal destruction. I mean, it's uh, that scripture, people get it wrong a lot where they, they say, you know, money is the root of all evil. It's not the root of all evil. The, it actually says it, it can lead to all kinds of evil. So money is not evil, but it is a tool. And it's the tool that the enemy can use, and it's a tool that God can use. 
Who's using it in your life? The enemy wants us to fall and be, be trapped in worshiping the blessing or the things that we have more than the one who gave it to us. He wants us to focus on those things and it's easy to do. Like, if you're like me, you like fun, cool things <laughs> or things that make life easier. Thankful we live in America. We have a lot of easy living type things. But we can fall into a trap of seeking after those things, seeking after the blessings that God wants to put into our life instead of seeking God. And I think we've all been guilty of that at times. I've been guilty of that at times. Because we don't want to stress and worry about stuff either. Like, I don't like stressing out over money. That's not fun. But God knows that. And he wants you to realize that he is your source. Like one of my favorite scriptures is, is Matthew chapter 6, where it's just talking about, it's like, don't worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Like, look at the birds. I've provided for all of them. Look at the fields. Like, they have flowers. They're clothed in flowers, prettier than anything you can buy. Like, I will provide. Do not worry. We must never allow the blessings to have our hearts. Our hearts must be holy gods. So watch this. Be careful what you can't let go of. Be careful what you can't let go of. It might be finances. It might be a possession. It might be whatever it is. Be careful of what you can't let go of. One of the most startling facts I've heard, and, and Pastor looked this up, uh, it's an older book, so the statistics have changed, honestly, probably for the worse. But in 1998, uh, the body of Christ was examined about how much they earn. So this is just general across the world. They earn $15.2 trillion, which is a lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. And the total amount given to all ministry, including churches, missions, whatever it is, was $270 billion, which sounds like a lot, $270 billion. But that was 1.8%. 1.8%. And in the United States, it was actually less. We have the most, and we give the, le the least. But think of this. I want you to just think about that. I know that was hard to hear, but think about this. How much the kingdom of God can do in advance. The good news who go forth, we could feed the poor, clothe the widow and orphan, care for the sick, help heal the broken. The list is endless. And God wants you to be a part of that. And we're, today we're talking about being a part of it through giving. Make sure you are. Make sure you are. Make sure it's on your heart. And it's a joyful thing that you want to do. Because that tells me where my heart is at. If I'm thinking, oh, I've got to tithe, or I've, oh, I've got to give this offering, it's what I just feel like I'm supposed to do, then I can, I can look at my own heart and be like, I am not in the right place. And so I have to check myself. And maybe no one else can tell, but God can. God is expecting a return on what he's given you. And that's good. I don't want you to look at that as a negative thing. God wants to use you. 
He's expecting to use you. And there's nothing else better than that. Like, doesn't matter what job you have, what vacation you could go on, to be used by the Lord is the most important and best thing you could ever do in your life. So if you're blessed, be thankful. And if you're blessed, then give. Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 says this, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. I want to first off say that Paul is not condemning the church here in any way, and I don't want you to feel condemned this morning by, by me or by the church. And it's, I'll tell you right now, uh, as parents often say, that it's harder for me than it is for you. <laughs> Uh, it's not a fun message to preach, and I hope Pastor blesses me in some really great way for doing this for him. <laughs> but I'm going to simply let you know what the Bible says this morning. If you haven't read it, go back and read all these scriptures. But Paul is letting them know here in, in Corinthians what the normal is. It's not weird or a strange thing that uh, that other churches don't do. If they don't do it, then they're not living according to the word. But we're a Bible-believing church. And so I'm, I'm going to share with you some of the harder things. The pastor is going to make me share with you some of the harder things <laughs> that are just normal, that are expected, and that should be joyful. Yes. Thank you. Yes, who is that? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, but we're preparing you to be who God created you to be. And you are meant for something. You have a purpose. You belong here. And this is part of it. We get to be a part of what God is doing. And that's exciting. Yes. And in verse 2 here, it says that there be no collections when I come. And when you first read that, you're thinking, yes. We're getting away from offering and tithing. But what Paul is saying here is don't take up a special offering. Don't take up a special offering. Why? Because if every Christian in the kingdom gave according to God's word, there'd be no need for special offerings. Or sp spaghetti dinners, car washes, bake sales, and the like. Those, those are good things that, uh, that God uses. But the reason the church has so many special offerings is because 1.7% of our churches give. Imagine what God could accomplish, and this is not saying that he can't and won't accomplish what he will anyways, but what, what the kingdom could accomplish if his people faithfully gave. I want you to imagine that in a good way. Just the 10% that he asks us to in tithing. So that's just the, the tithe. That's not even offerings. Uh, the 90% that we have would be Fully, fully blessed. It'd be amazing. But think about what God can do. Not just a nice building and things, but the kingdom advancing. That's what we're about. Like, I'm so grateful for these comfy chairs. Like, they fit my back really well, and they're comfy, and they're wide. And I'm grateful uh, that we had so many people 
helping to move them in here and we, that we can even have nice carpet and chairs. But church, that's not what we're about. We should be thankful for that, but we're about getting souls into the kingdom. And we're about seeing you discipled. So once again, we have to make sure that you're, you're being uh, faithful in the, the little things, the normal things like giving. And this is not a message on tithing. This is a message on blessing. Yeah, man, you can, that was a great amen spot. I want you to be blessed. Does anyone want to be blessed? Yes, amen. I got the biggest amen on that one. You want to be blessed, but I want you to be blessed. I want this church to be blessed. I want this church to bless you, and I want this church to go forth and spread the kingdom of, of God. Uh, and that happens partly when we give. Are you being faithful? You know, many people uh, believe that D Jesus didn't teach on tithing whatsoever, but I challenge that just by reading the Bible. When, when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're talking about tithing and he's like, you, you tithe on the smallest things. And then he says, you should do this. <laughs> and that, that whole scripture is just actually about the heart though. Where's our heart in giving? Be a cheerful giver. Family, I want you to be blessed. But let's step out in obedience, even if it's scary, and allow God to work and I'll, I'll challenge you by this. I didn't even tell my wife this, but she likes to give, so it'd be fine. But if God doesn't come through, then I would pay your excess. That's how much I know he will come through. I don't have a ton of money. <laughs> but I know he will be faithful because he has always been faithful. He is always faithful. Like David, I can say, I have been young, and now I'm feeling older, <laughs> yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen his descendants begging for bread. Family, we must pass down this principle. In Exodus 13, 14 and 15, it says, So it shall be when your son asks you in the time to come, saying, What is this? that you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of the man and the firstborn of the beast. Therefore, I sacrifice, therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the, the womb, but all the firstborn sons I redeem. God is telling us in this passage, telling the Israelites that we have to pass down the principle to the future generations. The principle of first things. I want to give God my first. I want to give God my best. When we give and our children ask us about this, why are we giving? We can say, I've been delivered. I've been saved. I've been set free out of bondage. I'm, I'm walking where God wants me to walk and we've never lacked anything. So we're given. That's why we give. And please, oh please, do it with a cheerful face. <laughs> I gladly give because God blesses me and he protects me and he provides for me. One of those blessings in my life 
I'll tell you, was the house I live in, actually. And I, I had so much help fixing it because it was a, like a shanty when I got it. But, you know, I felt the Lord, Jasper and I felt the Lord telling us to buy a house, and we had no money. And we were obedient to the Lord in putting a, an offer in on it. And afterwards, after we took that step of faith, and I'm talking about being wise as well, just don't go buy a brand new car or a new house, expect the Lord to just do whatever, but the Holy Spirit leading. After that, someone walked up to me and handed me a down payment check. But the faithfulness, the obedience was first. So I know and I can tell you from experience, God will not let you down. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come. Are you thankful I'm a short preacher? Yeah. It's longer because pastor's notes. <laughs> but let's raise a generation of believers that believe in the blessings of God. In crazy times we're in now or crazy times we're walking into, God is faithful and can be trusted. Let's show them that we are Christians by our obedience in the way we give and the way we love. And let's be cheerful about it. That's the giver in the last days that we need to be. We need to be wise and we need to be cheerful. Get out of debt if you can. Like start working on it. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Just receive that verse. All those other things will be added when you seek after the Lord. Seek after his righteousness. Let him work in you. Then you don't have to worry about those other things. And so as the musicians just start to play, the, the altar call is simple. First off, salvation. I'm going to take any opportunity I can. If you don't know Jesus, the God of miracles, the God who provides, the God that wants to bless you, uh, then you can come down and know him. I will pray with you. That would be my, my favorite thing I ever do. Is, is walk with you into salvation. But also, maybe this, this message is just hitting you and you, you want to be ready with your finances. Finances can be a tough thing. They can be filled with arguments, filled with depression, <laughs> filled with all kinds of stuff. And God doesn't want you to walk in that. So this, you, you can come down and you might be repenting for not being obedient. Or you might be praying for the boldness to give more. Or you might be praying for the wisdom on, on how to invest in the kingdom of God. But whatever it is, let's give it all to God this morning. And let's be cheerful about it. Let's be cheerful givers in the last days. I'm going to stand up and welcome you to come to the front if you want to pray with some of our leaders. And the worship team is uh, going to begin to worship. If you're already a cheerful giver then please be our cheerful worshiper one more time before we leave. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.